0: Man's problem, and what's the solution? Hi, my name's Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. We're going to talk a little bit about that. What is man's problem, and what is the solution? Let's take a look at that. First of all, um, Proverbs is wisdom um, in the Bible from God given to Solomon. And he writes in uh, chapter 5 of verse 2, For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path that he takes. Keep in mind here what uh, the Lord is saying is that he sees everything that all of us do all the time. And don't get nervous because God of the Bible is described as love. And so we have to remember that first of all. And, And so he sees everything that men and women do. And um, he knows the path that we take. He even knows the path we're on. Man has a problem, though. You know, before Christ, um, we were in Adam, sinners. And it all um, we all entered into this world because of the disobedience of the one man, Adam. Not only did he die spiritually and separated himself from God, but um, we all enter into the world in the same spiritual condition. And so a lot of times we're wondering, what is wrong with my heart? You know, that is the problem. That is man's problem before Christ, is our heart. We have a heart problem. It's full of malice. Malice is the intention or desire to do evil. And so that's our heart. We are born into this world with a desire, and I'm speaking to those who are not in Christ now, um, to us who were before Christ, um, and I'm speaking to the unbeliever there um, that is not in Christ yet, but uh, this is the condition of our heart before Christ when we enter into this world. Um, we have a desire to do evil. Um, hostility is, is in that heart. Um, an ill feeling or hatred towards people. You know, that heart um, does not like people. Um, in fact, hate is a better word to use um, or bitter towards other people. And so that's our problem before Christ. Um, we have a stony heart. The Bible describes it as deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Um, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, God knows it. And so that's the problem with all of us before Christ when we entered into this world. We were spiritually dead, folks. What do spiritually dead people do? Well, speaking about, you know, at this guy, what did I do before Christ when I was spiritually dead? I did dead things. That's right. I was like a bad apple. And people that were around me, I kind of tended to, you know, get them to do or act like me. You know, it's like one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. Well, that's the way we are you know people follow our bad behavior and our stony heart you know and the things that we do the evil that we do and and um and so remember before christ i i didn't like people and i was always wondering why why don't i like people in fact i could actually say that i hated people before Christ and that would not be exaggerating at all in fact I isolated from people I always used to say this you know because I was bullied as a kid I used to say why should I like people I hate people and a person once asked me he says why is that and I says well because they've never given me a reason to like them and so you know you see the problem the problem um, was that our heart my heart was, was a mess um before Christ and my spiritual condition was dead. I was just doing dead things. So what's the solution to the problem? Yes, there is a solution to the problem. And John 1:12 tells us to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Speaking of Jesus Christ, well how do you how do you accept him through faith? Remember, we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and grace changes everything. It gives us a brand new identity. We're taken out of Adam. We're placed in Christ. We're no longer sinners. We're in Christ, children of God. Were given a new heart. The Bible says the old self was crucified with him. The body of sin might be done away with. Anyone who belongs to Christ Jesus has crucified the sinful nature with its appetites and desires. Speaking of, that old heart was removed. The Old Testament tells us that we had a um, a stony heart in Jeremiah. It also goes to tell us that he will remove the stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. You see, we're giving a brand new heart. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. and the life that I'm now living, I'm living by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, when Paul writes to the church in Christ, and of course I'm speaking to those who have found the solution to the problem, um, the heart problem, is uh, we, at our conversion, were, were made alive spiritually. And that's what we were missing. Jesus died for us so he could give his life to us, so he could transmit his life through us now. So we get to participate with him in that life. Paul says in Ephesians 2 1, I'm reading from the Amplified Version, and you he made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins. Okay, so how do we know? How do we know? that we're in Christ, and given a new identity. Um, 1 John 5 11, tells us, 5, 11 tells us, this is what God testified, that he has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And so eternal life, remember, has no beginning, it has no end. It always has been, always will be. And at conversion, 1 Corinthians 1, one thirty is telling us, He, the Holy Spirit, has united you into Christ. Jesus now, for your benefit, for my benefit, for our benefit in Christ, He has become wisdom for us itself. Colossians 2.3 tells us, In Him are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay? And it all it's all because God's love. It's, it's because God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that when we were dead spiritually dead, separated from him, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. See, it's only by grace through faith have we been saved. It's a gift from God. So the two-sided coin of salvation now is found in Colossians 2.13, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ and he forgave us all our sins. Keep in mind, folks, the two-sided coin there is found in the second part of that verse where it says that he made us alive with Christ and he forgave us all our sins. In the past tense, new covenant forgiveness was unconditional and final based entirely on what Jesus Christ has done. So our sins have been forgiven. He forgave us all our sins. You see there in the past tense? So remember, the grace of God, we're we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. It's a gift from God, and it's like receiving a gift. One of the most difficult things for us to do is just to receive a gift especially from God. But the way we thank Him and bless Him because of this free gift is we ask Him for more, the psalmist tells us. If you want to bless the Father because of all He's done for you, just ask for more. Okay? And so there are benefits to being made alive. In Christ spiritually, not only are we given a new identity, but we are ministers of this new covenant. That's right. When Paul writes to the new creature in Christ, remember their behavior was not too um, good, if you know what I mean. They were carnal Christians, meaning living from the flesh. And when we live from the flesh as Christians, what's going to happen is we're going to be easily persuaded, enticed, and tempted to take things into our own hands. And that's what they were doing. They were exchanging pure relationships for impure relationships. Um, They were drinking and carousing and and just slandering each other, fighting and, you know, just carrying on. But that's the flesh. But nevertheless, he goes and tells them, anyone in Christ is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, so he's not going after their identity. He's going, or he's not going after their behavior. He's going after their identity. Excuse me. But 2 Corinthians 3, verses 5 and 6, is going to tell us now who are in Christ that God has made us competent as ministers of this new covenant. And so, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as if it were coming from ourselves, but our adequacy comes from God who made us adequate to be ministers of of the new covenant, see? God does the qualifying to those who are in Christ. That very life qualifies the believer in Christ to be a minister of the new covenant. So what is the work of the ministry as a child of God? Well, the scripture's telling us in Galatians 5.18 that those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. We're no longer under the law, meaning self-effort or trying. We're to look to the Holy Spirit in us to teach us, to guide us to renew our minds so we can be transformed Jesus gave us our need for dependency on him when he said in John 15:5, I am the vine, you are the branches if a man abide in me and I in him he will bear much fruit keep in mind we don't live for Jesus we're in Jesus Christ we are one with him and so to abide is not a work it's a place we live it's like we live in Arizona we don't have to go there we're already there and when you're in Christ you're already there you see and he's in you we're one with him and so as we trust him as our life and source we will bear his character which is found in Galatians 5.22 which is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness long suffering and self control remember we cannot love in our own strength folks It's only through dependency on him do we experience and bear this love to others. So Jesus said now, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. John 1, 4 and 5 tells us, in him was life. You see, that life is the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. What that means is they don't understand how it's all working. So you know, when Paul again dresses us in Christ, he says, "Look, you guys were once darkness, meaning you were in the darkness, but you were taken out of the darkness and placed in the light. So live as children of light, for this light produces within you pure, true and right. You see, the opposite of malice. You see how the hearts change? You see that the believer has a new heart now in Christ. Not a stony heart, but a, a heart of flesh, a softer heart. The heart of Jesus Christ himself. So, the Apostle Peter says, look, this is, this is our ministry as ministers of the New Covenant. As we go through the day, what we're going to want to do is worship Christ as Lord. And then when people ask about the hope that's in us, then we're, we have to be ready to tell them about it. Okay? You know, the the way uh, a physical picture is, I like the sun and the moon, the relationship they have. They teach us about this. Remember, God gives us physical things to teach us about spiritual truth. So when the sun and the moon greet each other, so to speak, the moon is just responding to the sun. Remember, there's no light radiating from the moon. But what happens is the moon responds by gazing at the sun and then when it gets dark the moon reflects the light of the sun and that's what happens when we worship Christ as Lord when we worship him as as Lord what's going to happen is we're going to bear his character and people are going to notice it remember we're going to experience peace in unpeaceful circumstances peace in unpeaceful times so remember it all starts with man's problem Um, man's problem, I like what Pascal said, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every human being that cannot be filled by any created thing, only God made known through Jesus Christ so the solution folks is in Christ Acts 2.21 tells us anyone anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, the word calls in the Hebrew language is like picking up your phone and calling your best friend God bless.